Hey, NAIF ball fans, John Cooper, Corey Thorpe here bringing you the live NAIF ball show. We're live on Twitter, um, going on YouTube to archive it. We're excited. It's been an amazing week. We have the uh, the miracle on the lake. I forgot what they're calling it over there at St. Francis. Oh, man, that was incredible. And we'll get to that in a minute. But, but first, before we start, we definitely want to thank our sponsors, Fifth Quarter College Football. They are telling us that they have a college football forum that is absolutely incredible. They want very customizable. Oh, yeah. yeah. So any of your best forums that you waste time on work, um, you know, I'm not going to say my career and remind you guys what I am. I'm sure some of you know, but I waste some time on that forum. If you need something to waste time on, go to fifthquarter.net backslash forum. Have fun on that college football forum. And also want to uh, thank our friends at Temple Sporting Goods, powered by AdCraft. Uh, you know, it's it's getting to the, the point of the year where the, the coaches might be looking at their budget and it might be getting a little thin yeah. coming down to it. Maybe maybe they're a team that overperformed and they uh, they di didn't uh, realize they, were, they might be making a playoff game this year. Right. So, you know, AdCraft's a great way to go ahead and get your gear for a clearance price. Um, somebody in our comments asked that they shout, shout them out. Um, you know, the camera's too far away for us to see the comments, but whoever that is, thank you for posting. Absolutely. So, let's jump into it. Had a couple of uh, notable results this week. Uh, St. Francis beats Concordia on a block kick return for the touchdown. Matt Swartz on the block, Jack Gibbons on the run back. John, can you believe that they called a kick block play? He said, just go block it. Honestly, they dialed it up. They knew what they were doing. That's all film work right there. And, you know, they saw it's something they could exploit and just the effort there for them to block the kick, not only to block it, but go ahead and return it and win the game. You know, we thought St. Francis at halftime was going to run away with it. It was 27-13. And uh, Concordia, the Cardinals had to play catch up. I think it goes to show you, Corey, that both those teams are legit playoff teams. They're going to be there in a couple weeks when the playoff starts. You know what really um... – what really surprised me is not that St. Francis came back and won. You know, we know that Concordia is a good second-half team. Right. Um, but it's the fact that St. Francis did it without Matt Crable. Keith Simmons came in after Matt Crable gets hurt and just is lighting it up, finding the holes in the defense, and is doing a great job. Rocky James, Dan Rixey, both getting open multiple times on the on those last couple drives. Let me tell you, Matt Crable was very efficient, you know, at before he got hurt. He was 10 out of 14. He did have the interception, but through the two touchdowns. I'm eager to see if he comes back next week. We'll definitely have to see. I, I did like how, how Simmons uh, looked there. Um, next up was Cumberland's Kentucky steamrolling Bethel of Tennessee. Best, this one was close early. Right. You know, but the Patriot offense has been absolutely hard to stop. You know, they have been steamrolling past everyone. You know, you had a couple weeks ago, you had the 98 nothing over Union Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. But the Patriots are absolutely legitimate on offense. I'm eager to see once they get in that playoffs how their defense adapts. But, uh, you know, we're going to get there later. But they had some amazing individual performances. But, uh, you know, Bethel was winning 14-7 to in the first quarter. Yeah. We thought Bethel, we thought the Wildcats were bouncing back a little bit. And uh, Coach Jasper of Bethel has really been preaching, you know, your culture of your program really helps you push through the adversity. I think Bethel's close. 
they just had a really tough schedule these past couple weeks with Lindsey Wilson and Cumberland's. Now that that's out of the way, I'm eager to see how Bethel bounces back. We talked about Cumberland's just being out under the radar. They're number seven in our top 25 poll this week. Um, you know, they're one of the best teams in the country. They even have respect from those mid-states teams. Cumberland's has done historically a great job competing against the best of the best. And then our third game this week was the Battle of the Montanas, Montana Tech versus Montana Western. This one sort of surprised me a little bit. Hey, we got corrected. Bethel had a 21-7 to lead. So, it actually, what me and you were talking about before the show. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead with the Ore Diggers. So, the Ore Diggers held Montana Western quarterback John Young 13 of 33 passing. Not great. Not great. 87 yards, three sacks, um, and, and 11 net yards, and just held that Montana Western attack. You know, they, they say when you are averaging two yards a play, you're not going to win many games, yeah. and uh, which Montana Western's had a very impressive year. I think they just ran into a, just a better team. Montana Tech absolutely had it going on that defensive side of the ball. They only allowed under 200 total yards. Yeah. So, great collective effort. This now puts us in a, uh, uh, a scenario with College of Idaho and Montana Tech down the line to see who's supremacy of the frontier. I'm looking at that. I'm, uh, that was 150 yards even. Wow. So, way less than 200 yards. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, the Bulldogs, the great thing about the frontier is they have that round-robin schedule where you're playing home-and-home. With a lot of different teams in the conference, Montana Western has a chance to bounce back later in the season. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's talk about it uh, real quick before we go on to our top 25. Uh, we had a, uh, a death in our, in our family here, and we want to send uh, our, our thoughts and our prayers and our well wishes to Warner University. Hey, Warner University. Go Warner University. You know, they, they, they were very inspired. I know you got a chance. Go ahead and just talk about the atmosphere of what you saw over there. It was it was pretty incredible. I have never seen teams hug before the first offensive play. And that was what and that was exactly what happened. Warner was getting lined up on offense, Kaiser was getting lined up on defense. And these guys so they're in the Sun Division. They're very close. Yep. Kaiser's out of West Palm Beach and Warner's out of Lake Wells. So, you know, and rest in peace to Booby Hammonds. Absolutely. You can absolutely tell that he was a big part of that football team, a big emotional leader. You know, we talk about, I'm just sitting on a personal moment to the 33 people that are watching us right now. Um, NAI is a revolving door. You know, we're wearing a Faulkner shirt, a U-Pike shirt. Um, it's very rare at times, unless you are just that good of a program, to keep these guys around the full time. Booby was a senior, man. Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, that's hurting not only the football team, the family. That's hurting everybody involved in that small university. And that's what makes NAI football so special. When one person happens, something bad happens to one person, it affects everyone. Absolutely. So we just want to give, you know, an attaboy to, to Warner. That was, that was one of the things they did, did afterwards. I was on the field um, – Waiting, waiting for the head coach to, to get done. If you want to see uh, the interview with the head coach, it's on our YouTube channel. Um, but they gave each other attaboys. They're having a tough season, but they were, you know, giving each other attaboys and, 
and their their spirits are not crushed. No, not at all. But uh, let's uh, get let's, to let's go ahead and get to the top twenty-five. Those that are watching, go ahead and tell me who you think the top ten teams will be. Maybe well, I mean, in the comments. It, we so. already revealed it, but some might not be paying attention. So let's go ahead and get to number 25. Let's take a look at it. Starting out is Montana Western. Kind of flip-flops a little bit with Montana Tech a little bit on yeah, from last Yeah, you know, week. surprisingly, I thought Montana Tech would be a little higher. We see them on the same slide right here. But Montana Western, yeah, like we said, they get ample opportunities to bounce back with the round-robin schedule. Absolutely. This week they face Carroll, and, they, and I believe they go to Carroll. So that's, you know, you got a chance to prove it next week. Um, at 24, entering into the top 25 is Sterling. We talked about them last week and said they were right outside that top 25. Yeah, the KCAC's been a little weird. You know, McPherson was picked to be dead last. Sterling, we knew, would be strong, but we didn't have any idea that they would be this strong. Probably no surprise to the guys over there at Sterling, but they're having a great year so far. They did what they were supposed to do last week. They shut out Friends University 22 to nothing. And they only have just one blimp on their schedule, and that was to Bethel, the Threshers, which is hard to prepare for that triple option offense of them. But, uh, you know, they got a good one next week with Bethany Swedes, their bomb tier of the conference. So we're going to see Sterling 6-1 and one going to Southwestern. If they get Southwestern 7-1, and one, then we get the showdown with Kansas Wesleyan. Absolutely. You know, Kansas Wesleyan is, is the team to beat. They're the team with the, with the X on their back. Yeah, and – with DeMarco Pruitt, Johnny Photo, Shaq Bradford, um, escapes my name right now, defensive back that transferred in from Washington Baptist out mm-hmm. Arkansas, Division II all-conference player, um, transferred over. But Kansas Wesleyan is the cream of the crop, so to be the man, you got to beat the man, so we can see what Sterling does. Absolutely. At number 23, we see, it, uh, we see our two lost Baker team um, just hanging around there. Um, they well, we said have a strong showing. Yeah, we know that uh, Baker had a very top-heavy schedule. Yeah. You know where they uh, had that loss to that surprising loss to William Penn, mm-hmm. got smothered by the Grandview defense. But they have a lot of chances to get back in the playoffs later down the road. They play a top twenty-five right, just right below them is Mid American Nazarene coming up. They still have Evangel and they still have Benedictine. If Baker wants to make the playoffs. Win two of those three games, you're on the bubble. You, yeah, if you're Baker, you, you know you've got work to do. You've got a tough road to hoe, and it starts with that number 22 team, Mid, um, Mid-American Nazarene, who, again, took care, uh, you know, had the bye week and took care of business the week before. Right. They're, they're absolutely – and a lot of their players tweeted out at us. And it's just wasn't a surprise to them. The only loss they have is to Grandview, which Grandview's wrecking everyone right now. So – but there's a good chance that Mid-American Nazarene finishes at 8-2 and two if they can get past Baker. I don't think they'll get past Benedictine. Yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be tough. I mean, but that conference is, is a lot tougher, or that division is a lot tougher than we thought it would be at the beginning of the year. Right, exactly. So looking at 16 through 20, we have Siena Heights, who, um, you know, what can you say? Quality Mid-States Football Association team. You know, they play solid defense. The only problem with them is can they get in that top level? They showed the other week um, that they could compete with the big boys, but yep. they need big boy wins. They, they sure do. And they're, um, they're, they're hovering right at that 20 mark. Um, 
it's it's starting to get to the point where you you're you're starting to recognize where people are in the polls, where right, which we're, side of the we're starting to get are. the playoff talk. Yep, we are. So that bubble talk, you see it in NCAA basketball. It is in NAIA football, and that's the best part of the entire that, season to me. Absolutely. Another team that uh, needs to play well or find themselves squarely on the bubble is Ryan Hart at number nineteen. You know, Coach Miller has those guys really playing well. Um, they're slowly creeping back up in the polls. They have a chance. They run the table. They're in that 12th, 11th spot, most likely. Um, they're going to give somebody a hard game. They're still one of the most physical teams in the NAIA, Absolutely. even with the upset loss to Kaiser. The other loss is the FCS, Ken- Kennesaw State, which is a top team and one AA FCS. Yep. So, uh, Reinhardt's going to slowly keep creeping up. Number 18, we're going to find out who Langston is this week. You know, the Ottawa-Arizona game, that's one of our games of the week. Yep. So, can they stop Austin McCullough? They have a lot of youth movement going on right there at Langston and a lot of pride for the Lions at stake. Absolutely. That's that's going to prove whether they belong in that in that top tier or not. And number 17 is, is St. Xavier still hanging around there. Yeah, the Cougars are basically, in my opinion, they should be able to cakewalk the Mid-States Football Association Midwest Division. Yep. You know, if you're a division winner, as long as you stay within that top 16, you get an automatic berth. I think they're going to get that automatic berth. They have to play well down the stretch, though. If they if they go in and have tight games against the rest of their division, it's going to be a tough road to hoe. Yep. Number 16, we got Dickinson State. They had a scary moment on Saturday traveling to their game and uh, oh slid off the side of the road. Praise, prayers to those guys. I'm glad everybody ended up okay. They had a good Sunday win. That was a fun you know, game to watch we, on a Sunday. That was very fun. I was watching it in my high school coaches' meeting. But uh, Dickinson State's going to be fighting for respect. I think they cakewalk the North Star. Um, you know, they got Waldorf coming up soon, I believe. Yep, and Waldorf is Waldorf, receiving Waldorf receiving beat bets. them, and yeah, they're getting – so let's not say they're going to cakewalk. My bad, Waldorf. Okay, so I'm eager to see if Dickinson State keep rising. But that North Star is fighting for respect in the playoffs. Not many people outside of the conference respects the North Star – um, you know, they had that awful loss. It's turned into an awful loss yeah. to Rocky Mountain, how Rocky Mountain's playing right now. Um, the winner of the North Star will probably travel to either College of Idaho or Montana Tech, whoever wins that Frontier Conference. And that's going to be a tough first-round game. That is going to be a, a tough one. And that's not going to earn much respect for either of those two. No, that's, not, that's not, not at all. That's, that's not, a, not a great matchup for either. At number fifteen, we have the Southeastern Fire out of out of Lakeland. Um, Their offense has been explosive. Yeah, it has. I think what's holding them back in the polls, and guys, if you don't know, there are six different media entities that vote in our poll, and uh, I think just the perspective of the Sun Division yeah. is holding them and Kaiser back. They're undefeated, doing what they're supposed to do, beating the teams in front of them. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if whichever one of them runs the table what offense really shows up come playoff time. Absolutely. I think – I don't think we're going to have a repeat of last year with the Sun Division. No, uh, I think the, the Sun Division is getting in the playoffs yep. this year. I, I absolutely agree. At number 14, we have Evangel, who, uh, you know, is going to have a, a – Yeah, you know, they, had, they had that controversy loss, uh, what was it, two weeks ago against Grandview. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, beat Graceland. Graceland has a new head coach over there, but yep. they take care of Graceland 65 nothing. They had the bye week, and now they have Benedictine. 
Benedictine had a bye week too. So that's that's going to be a tough one. Coach Hepla and the boys against Coach Wilcox and the Ravens. Yep. And number 13, the aforementioned Seahawks out of Kaiser. Um, got to watch them a little bit on Saturday, obviously. They looked good. They looked fast. Yep, they're Seahawk fast. That's their mantra. And they live so, up to it. Coach Sosa has a great has a great resume. He's the most qualified guy to get that job. If you didn't know, Kaiser's only in year two. They have a ton of top 25 wins racked up going all the way when Dort was in the top 25 preseason. Um, you know, they beat Cumberland, Tennessee. They had the upset win over Reinhardt. Them and Southeastern are on this collision course. Yep. We're waiting to see that. So, it's this week. It's this week. It's this week. Kaiser and Southeast. I wish I could be there. Oh, man. It's in West Palm. That's, not, that's, that's a bit away. Right by the beach, though. That would oh, be nice. Man. Now, I will say this. We, we look at, at that Sun Division and we say, oh, they're, they're not really rising up the poles. But I tell you this. Based on what happens in the games ahead of them, we have a lot of top 25 matchups this week. I think that whoever wins that game between those two will probably scrape the top 10. Absolutely. I think, I think they're going to get whoever wins that game, no matter what the margin is, is going to get a huge boost, Kaiser or Southeastern. Absolutely. Number 12, we have Concordia of uh, Michigan that slips down to number 12. And it doesn't get any easier for the Cardinals. They got number Marion. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of folks talked to, talked, uh, to us uh, last week because St. Francis was in the same spot that Concordia now occupies. Why do you slide them all the way down to 12? Well, there's a lot of undefeated teams. One right, and I know that, um, you know, in modern college football, there's not – they're trying to get away from the weight of an undefeated team, especially with their conference like the Mid-States and the division with how tough it is. But respect's earned. They got to go back and earn that respect back. Absolutely. Even with how close of a loss they had. You go out and make a statement against Marion, they're right back in. They – played a lot of close games. They've, they've tended to play to the talent level of the opponent that they face. And I really like to see um, Concordia put together a complete game. And I would say Coach Schumacher had a great game plan against St. Francis, yep. especially offensively, how he spaced out the field. He was very – had a great job running the ball. Yep. And they did not give out, up on the run when, uh, you know, they fell behind. So I'm eager to see what the game plan is going this week. It, you know, I know you get that same break, but I feel bad for whoever scheduled St. Francis and uh, Marion back to back. And then before that, they they had um, Sienna Heights. So they it's yeah they, three straight weeks, crazy three horrible weeks back to back to back. Right. And then number eleven, we have Benedictine. Um, they they get a little bit of um, a little bit of pull inertia from other teams. Right. Benedictine, the key for them is keep feeding Marquis Stewart. They got that great offense line we got to see last year. Yep. You know, um, it's reloaded a little bit, but Coach Wilcox and them, they're going to be a playoff team. Yep, absolutely. Now our top ten starts with St. Francis of Indiana. Coach Donnelly's the most consistent coach in all of NAI. So yep. you remember last year when they lost those two games? They lost to Marion last year, and look what happened. They're in the semifinals. Do not count out St. Francis. It's like we say about the Patriots. You know, the teams that have been there before and know how to win, they're, yeah, just, it's, waiting it's, for, they're just waiting for the It's playoffs. in the culture. Absolutely. And number nine, we have the upstart Ottawa. Ottawa, Arizona. If you haven't seen their campus yet, they're doing a lot of remodeling over there. 
If I'm a recruit out west, I'm definitely looking at Ottawa, Arizona, and some of the other senior athletic conference teams. But how will Langston stop the preseason player of the year, Austin McCullough, quarterback? He is a air raid fiend. Yep, and so that's that to me is one of the, we have a ton of intriguing matchups this week, but that is one of the intriguing matchups. That's that's this week. absolutely the game of the week. I I hold this higher than Marion and Concordia just because Marion Concordia has been there. These two, while Langston has ran the South the Sooner Athletic Conference the past two years, you know Ottawa Arizona is kind of like the media darlings right. Absolutely, and with good reason. And in number eight, we have. Uh, Cumberlands of, of Kentucky just steady. Who's people. going to stop the Patriot offense in the Mid South? What Mid South team is going to stop them, Corey Thorpe? Uh, I I do not know. They're just they're they're steady steamrolling everybody. It, every time we think that they're going to have a challenge, they don't. It, it's it might be tight for a half, and then they just wear people out. Absolutely. You know, they got Cumberland, Tennessee. They got Campbellsville, Georgetown. All three teams are having bad years this year. Thomas Moore, who's new to the Mid-South Conference, they're going to cakewalk those five games until the game of the year in the Mid-South, Lindsey Wilson versus Cumberland's. Winner take all. (laughs) You know, who's the best team in that division? And the crazy thing is, the Mid-South has three different divisions, and those two are in the bluegrass. Yes. The best two teams. So, hold on, Corey. Before we go any further, let's talk about teams that might have not made the cut in the top 25. Name one team that, you know, that, that you're looking forward to seeing how they finish the rest of the year. Just, I, just one team out of the dark. And if you want me to go first, I'll go first. I'm really interested uh, to, to see I, um, Indiana Wesleyan this week. They're right on the cusp of it, but they have a really That's That's who I was going to pick. If you look over, Coach Lang's over there, mm-hmm. and, you know, they are – I see a comment, but we can't read it from here, guys. I apologize. That's what they said was Indiana Wesleyan. Indiana Wesleyan? Okay, yeah. so Coach Lang's over there. You know, this is year two of their program actually playing football. Yep. And it's amazing to see how far ahead they are of, like, say, something like Lawrence. Tech, who restarted football, which Lawrence Tech's going to get there with Coach Duvendek. Yeah. But Indiana Wesleyan, if you look at the conference standings, technically they're standing at number one. And that's in the Mideast. Yeah. So, you know, they have a tough road to hold here in a little bit. Let's look at their schedule just before we get started. Yeah, they have a tough game this yeah, week. Yeah, so they got St. Francis. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. That's, that's tough. Trinity International, I think they'll beat them. They're struggling a little bit. Sienna Heights. Now, this one's interesting. Ooh, that's going to be This one's interesting because I think Sienna Heights and Indiana Wesleyan right now are on the same tier. Yeah, I agree. In the Mideast section. So, it depends who wins that game is right up under those big boys of Marion and St. Francis. But after that, they got Marion and Concordia. That is oh, tough. God. That is tough. Oh, so, man. you know, they're they're – Four and one right now, and they've handled the teams that are in front of them. They struggled a little bit, but I think they're right up under Sienna Heights. But they're close in our top twenty-five. If they get one of those big wins, they'll be in there. So you know, Indiana, they're they're uh, they're kind of big brother in the state, right? Well, they're right by Marion. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're right by Marion. 
So I mean, but you but you think about it, Indiana in the in the Big Ten in in FBS football. Yeah, always sneaks up and makes somebody really uncomfortable without fail every year. I don't care if it's Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. They always make someone uncomfortable. I think that's what in, Indiana Wesleyan's going to do. They're coming soon. Let's go ahead and get back to our top 25. Sorry, guys. I just Absolutely. had to point that out just because, you know, we got to give some love for some other teams. There's 60 other teams out there. There are. So let's let's go ahead. Lindsey Wilson, we talked about Cumberland's. Lindsey Wilson coming up at the end of the year. Cameron Dukes is the field general for Lindsey Wilson. Coach Oliver, who's been there for 10 years now, I think. I believe you're right. You know, when I was at college at Faulkner right here, okay, Coach Oliver started that program, I think, in 2010. Yeah, it has to be 2010. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Lindsey Wilson was the bad news bear starting out, and then they really quickly rose. So it's amazing to see the consistency over there. Um, I'm, I'm eager to see that 3-3-3-4 defense. And we talk about it all the time that when Lindsey Wilson feels threatened by a team, they start running that quarterback, a lot of quarterback design runs. But uh, let's go on to number six, Northwestern, the year of the Red Raider. I, I feel like we, we have the exact same thing to say about Northwestern. Every, every week. Every, every, every single week. week. We're sorry, guys. We're waiting for that Morningside game. We, we, have really that much, we have that much faith that you and Morningside are going to be undefeated when they meet up. And that's going to be the game that decides the G-Pack. Absolutely. And Morningside has won so many times consecutively that Northwestern wants to knock them off. It just seems like this is the year to do it. And they play at the end of the year, Corey. So y'all have like three or four more weeks. You think with Alabama, Auburn, Florida State, Florida, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Michigan, Ohio State, you think that's cool? Lindsey Wilson and uh, Cumberland's, bro. You got Morningside and Northwestern, man. It doesn't get any better than that. We got rivalry week on the end. I think the heart heart conference is uh, Evangel and Baker at the end. You're talking about intensity. Yeah, and the, all these teams are going to be jockeying for, for the position in the playoffs. It's going to rock. It's, it's going to be awesome. So, top five. Let's go ahead and get to our top five. We got the College of Idaho. It's kind of like Northwestern. We say the same thing every week. Their quarterback over there, um, James Peterson. I believe that's his name. I love how you can keep that I in your head. I apologize. I'm not really good. I don't really prepare because I love – Coming off Darius, cold turkey. Darius James Peterson. I Darius James up guys Peterson. He has the notes I have just coming out of my head. I can't okay. do what he does. So, Darius James Peterson, he is a dual threat quarterback. He can get it done on the ground, get it through the air. He's dominated opponents so far. But not only that, Corey, you got a veteran coaching staff with a veteran team. If the Coyotes don't win it this year, you know, the frontier, something's wrong. Yeah, the window. They're the, the heavy favorites. Yep. And number four, we have Grandview. You know they're happy. Holy cow, Joe Woodley, Coach Joe Woodley, first-year coach. You know, we've both been able to watch the Vikings. They are big. They are strong. They are physical. They're everything you want in a Midwest NAI team. Honestly, Corey, I could see them making it to Grambling. It would uh, – you know, they say defense wins With that defense, and they have been – mothering everyone Absolutely. good competition yeah so it you know it would not surprise me in the slightest to see them make it to grandview um in fact i would be kind of disappointed if they get knocked out in the first or, or second rounds right absolutely so number three you're talking about defense marion has nothing to laugh at on their own you know yeah. their defense is is number one i believe in total defense per game 
you know, while Grandview, we know that they're smothering people, Marion has the statistics to back it up. And they've played that complete schedule so far. You know, we talked about uh, the running back's name. Salary. Salary, yeah. Yeah, Charles Salary. They're really feeding the to him. And I think for them to win against Concordia, they're going to have to feed them again. I definitely agree. They're going to have to chew that clock and keep Concordia from getting the ball. That's how they're going to prevent Concordia from making that comeback. Uh, we had we had a couple of, of questions this week about why why do we have two three the way that we do? Your Kansas Wesley in there and and Marion. While Kansas Wesleyan is busy curb stomping people over here, ninety yeah. to nothing against Saint Mary. And, and we know the Kansas Wesleyan competition's a lot different. But if you just looked just preseason out amount of players that turned from my finalists and just that they're still dominating. You got a Record breaker defense end that has all sacks. You got a physical running back, a veteran quarterback, and Johnny Foe. You know, I could see them maybe flip flopping if Marion handles Concordia. Absolutely. Because that's a lot of big Absolutely. wins, and Kansas Wesleyan doesn't have a big win in their name right now. They're, they're really just passing the eye test. So I, I could see them flopping. I definitely, absolutely could. Um, in fact, I, I think if that does happen and they handle Concordia for that it's, yeah. it's a likelihood um, from Morningside. Who handled Briarcliff, the Chargers, who has a pretty stout defense. They were in our top 25 last week, deservingly so. They just ran into the Mustangs, and when you run into the Mustangs, bad things happen. And again, we're running out of good things to say about Morningside. Honestly, it makes us look like Morningside Shields. It really does. So, like, to the 32 people still watching, we apologize. Morningside's just good. And they're, they're great, and they're and they're beating everybody they're supposed to be by the margins that we expect. The huge, to yeah, the huge Sioux Falls, Iowa bred, you know, linemen, it's absolutely run people over. Let's go ahead and move to the four one seven helmet stickers. We don't have the four one seven helmet with us. You've seen it on our Twitter feed: full size helmets, miniature helmets, NAIA teams, FBS teams, FCS teams, your local high school. You know, okay. I wanted to wanted to touch on that because you're coming to you're you're starting to get to the end of your high school year. Yeah. To where your um your your booster clubs and everybody are going to start thinking about your team banquets. Right. Man, what what a great gift for seniors to have a miniature helmet. Absolutely, and I've seen them. Uh, they they tweeted about it today. Four one seven place to go. Let's go ahead and start with the offensive side of the ball. And you talked about us looking like Morningside Shills a minute ago. We're looking like Cumberland Shills We're fixing to right look like Cumberland Shills. Josiah Robbins, I have never seen anybody in a half of football have like twice as many rushing yards as passing yards and being a quarterback, of course. Yeah, you know, that sounds like the Cumberland zone. Absolutely. <laughs> so he goes for 188 on the ground, touchdown, 171 through the air. Unbelievable. And then his teammate – Linebacker Tyler Pendleton you know, from Cumberland wins our defensive player of the week. 17 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and a sack to add on to it. He had a great game against Bethel. Absolutely. When you rack up that many tackles, you probably You're probably going to get that home with sticker. You probably. So, we come to the point of what to watch for. And let me tell you guys, it is, I think we dubbed this moving week. Yeah. So, yeah, Marion Concordia, first game we got to watch out for. Yep. Concordia's got to have a bounce-back game. 
it's going to be eager to see, um, you know, Marion, they want to make a statement. You know, they had the same situation, just that uh, they beat St. Francis last year. They want to go ahead and build on to that and just show they are the dominant ones in that conference. Then we got College of Idaho versus Montana Tech. The supremacy of the frontier is on the line this week. Absolutely. And Montana Tech, obviously, you know, they just smothered Montana. Can uh, they can, can the ore diggers stop the mobility, just the dual threat from James Peterson? And we talk about uh, Darius James Peterson, but you're, you're leaving out Nick Calzaretta, who every time he touches the ball, it's going for seven. Right. And, uh, you know, they're, they're riding on, on his back as much as they are Peterson. Um, you know, he's thrown for over 1,000 yards so far this season. And, and ran for 250. So, again, we see the team that knows how to handle they, – they know how to handle adversity and, and loss. They did it last year, and now they're coming out. They haven't lost a game since last year. All right, now the next game is Iowa-Arizona versus Langston. We talked a lot about Austin McCullough already. Um, Langston's going to have to feed the running, game, the running backs the ball this week. Yeah, I got Tim Whitfield in the backfield, number 44, the big guy. You know, he's got to have a great game. They got to just keep Ottawa's offense off the field. Yep. I know Langston likes to score a lot of points too, but if Langston controls that clock, they got a chance. So if Ottawa and Langston played basketball and they played football, which one would have the higher score? One with the football team. I am too. Benedictine at Evangel. This is – you know, you, like we said, you're going ahead and pitting your spots for the playoffs. Absolutely. So I think, I think this is a huge game. Coach Hepler does traditionally well against Benedictine. Um, like we said, Benedictine loves to just feed their running backs the ball. And NAI, the teams that are most successful at the end of the year, have a running game. We saw it last year with Arna J. Ponder and Morningside. They started running the ball on Benedictine and won. So, if you want to be a great team and still standing at the end of the year, you got to pound the So, for Evangel, the question is going to be, can you stop uh, the combo of Stewart and Nyhart? If yeah. you can do that, just like we saw Grandview do. Right. You know, and, and force uh, Schaefer shoots to throw, you've got a chance. But that's easier said than done. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Next game, we got Kaiser and Southeastern, the Sun Division Holy matchup. Cow. We've all been waiting for. I think the key for them, for Kaiser, is that Eli Matthews, the quarterback, has to be efficient. He's taking care of the ball all year long. While Southeastern has some dudes to get in space, they love spacing the field in that double slot, slot set. And a lot of people think of Southeastern as throwing the ball a lot. I would say they're 60% run, 40% pass, if not more towards the run. They love to feed the rock, and they get those guys on those off-tackle plays, those inside zone, outside zone plays. So uh, I'm eager to see uh, Southeastern go. They are the masters of the zone scheme that have been for a while in the Sun Division. But I'll say this. Kaiser's combination of uh, Marquez Burgess and Espenzo Elam yeah. last week with that outside running game. Mm-hmm. Their blocking sealed up the edge, and Warner had no answer for it. Right. And it was uh, – Burgess looked faster than, than anybody on the field. Absolutely. Now, the last one we got to watch out for, two teams at the 
bottom of the top 25, Mid-American Nazarene and Baker. If Mid-American Nazarene's, you know, serious about making this playoff push, this is a must-win game. It absolutely starts here. I, I think the loser of this game uh, really has a, a tough road to hoe, um, especially if it's Baker, because that's their third loss, and that, that really puts them maybe on the outside looking in. You know, guys, from what I can see from our uh, iPad right here, if you have any questions and you get them in, we have about two minutes left. Somebody just asked if Southern Oregon can rebound and have a good season, and what's our thoughts on them? You know, Southern Oregon is a, a newish program out there in the frontier. They've been in the national champ. I think they won the national championship not too long ago. I don't remember. I, honestly, I, th I think they do. They had the win against Rocky Mountain coming up. And, you know, when you think of the frontier, Southern Oregon's been very competitive against everyone. All their losses have been by one possession or less. They had the win against Rocky. They've had the two-game winning streak. They lost the first four games. Does that sound familiar to anyone to you last year in the frontier? Maybe. You know, you had College Idaho lose the first four or five games and then ended with a winning streak. I'm, I'm eager to see if Southern Oregon can do the same. They are in a great location. There's a reason why they started fast. They do a great job going down and getting JUCO players in California and then that local Oregon talent. But uh, it wasn't that long ago, I believe, that uh, Southern Oregon, not this year, they got killed by Sacramento State. A couple years ago, they gave FCS Sacramento State all they want and almost beat them. So uh, good thoughts to the Raiders over there. Any other questions, you better get it up. Corey, tell them our news about the Natty. Hey, we are booked for the national championship. We have booked our flights. We have booked our hotel. We have put in for credentials. It's all over but the crying. That's right. So we are uh, going to be hot tubbing. Oh, the first night, you know, getting getting some uh, relaxation in. But we're excited to talk to whatever coaches, whatever teams, whatever players there. We're going to have a good time. It's our second year covering it live. And it's thanks to you, your guys' support. Um, we have the Patreon up. We're looking for $1 subscribers. This helps with our hotel room. It's the last thing we need booked. Um, we did everything about, uh, you know, we got the airfare covered. Uh, last question before we wrap it up. What do you think about the Kaiser Seahawks? I think they're in a great location. I think that their graphics team on Twitter is Division One mentality, yep. where you know it's embracing that South Florida theme with the neon blue. What down there wouldn't want to go, but I, I'm going to tell you, recruiting is going to get tough there with St. Thomas, Southeastern, Weber, Kaiser, and Alva Maria. Don't forget about them. All bidding for the same kids. Kaiser's having a fantastic. Why they're not 15? They are Seahawk fast. Anything before we close down, Kaiser. If you win, if if you win, you're you're basically top ten. You're top ten over there. Um, and Take control of the Sun Division, the, and they've got some of the sharp. You've are, the yeah, they have a great that powder blue and that helmet, Beautiful. that two tone helmet. Beautiful. So they've already defeated. They beat Faulkner like a drum. You know they got a chance against Southeastern. They beat. See, have some other wins. They get past Southeastern. Alva Marie, the Gyrene Catholic. Absolutely. But I am really excited for the six top 25 matchups. It's probably the best week of the season. But for John Cooper, Corey Thorpe, we're signing out. Give us some comments. Okay. Seahawk Fast, that's what I'm talking about as well. Guys, we enjoy your time. We will see you next week. See you later.